Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hey lovely, welcome to the C Word Podcast. Now, what do you do when a client starts asking for their fourth or fifth round of changes or when they delay the project for weeks while they go on holiday or struggle to make decisions or drag their heels with information that you need? And how would you handle it if you saw a client using one of the concepts that ended up on the cutting room floor for another business or service they have? And what about if a client refuses to pay because they decide you didn't deliver everything that they were expecting. Fortunately, I haven't had too many tricky situations like this in my business where I've had to lean on my terms and conditions too heavily. I think that's in part thanks to the fact that my terms are pretty clear and maybe a bit of luck in the early days if I'm honest. These days, my clients get a definitive and detailed proposal document accompanied by a terms of business. And that's following a discovery call and it confirms the project scope, my payment terms, cancellation policy, the impact and consequences of delays, my copyright and IP protections and much more. But that definitely wasn't always the case. I've had scope creep. I've had clients getting too many rounds of revisions or delaying things endlessly. And I've been frustrated with myself when I realized I didn't have much to fall back on. I don't want to be a negative Nancy over here, but sometimes there just needs to be some real talk in small business. Am I right? And that's what you'll get from my fabulous guest this week, Tracy Myler Crane. Tracy, who is the founder of TM Solicitor, is an unconventional business lawyer who delivers confidence for small business owners. She's all about doing law differently. Tracy's vision is to shift the business landscape by lifting the confidence of owners and entrepreneurs to build long-term sustainable businesses and we love those and it's all by backing themselves legally. She works with time-tight business owners and entrepreneurs to navigate their obligations, minimize their risk and manage any legal roadblocks so they can focus on driving business with confidence and peace of mind. It sounds heavenly (laughs) and in this episode Tracy shares her professional insight on how designers, my lovely designer community, can and should be protecting themselves in their business and why DIY is for Bunnings, not for your business legals. My biggest takeouts from this episode were, first, setting up a business doesn't come for free and it's irresponsible when the gurus tell you different. You either invest up front or you may well bear the cost later. Secondly, Even the nicest people can turn combative when there's money involved. So if you're sitting there thinking, I don't need legal protection, all of my clients are lovely, it will never happen to me, don't say I didn't warn you. Thirdly, 
Much of business and brand success is in the power of perception. And having solid processes and professional documentation is essential, I think, to the client experience. And it's also an important trust builder. And finally, you don't know what you don't know. So never assume and please commit to getting the help from people who know better because ignorance is not a defense. I know you will get so much from this episode. So let's get cracking. Hi, Tracy, and welcome to the C Word podcast. I'm so yeah. glad to have you on. It's been way too long coming, actually. Oh, Becky, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this chat today. I know. I think there's going to be a lot to chat about. <laughs> I could talk for hours about this topic. You know, know. that days, in fact. Look, I think it's such an important conversation. I think this is one that I probably should have done a lot sooner on the podcast, but I'm excited to have you here and for you to share everything you know, because there is so much and you share so much amazing value. Before we do get into the nitty gritty of the legal stuff, which is what we're here to talk about, what I first like to do is just make my guests feel really uncomfortable and awkward <laughs> and ask them some really difficult questions. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. <laughs> no, that's not what I do at all. But there's a couple of warm-up questions because it's all about what I want is just just for anyone listening to get to know you a little bit better. So are you ready? All I want oh. is your one word or your it might be more than one word answer, but your answer to like two things that I will throw at you. You've got to make a choice here, Tracy. There are choices ah, to be made. I'm good at choices. <laughs> decisiveness all I right you in your wheelhouse to be honest <laughs> well we'll see yeah. <laughs> let's do okay. it are you ready I'm ready cheese or chocolate both oh wow cheat cheat you can't say both to all of them <laughs> I won't I won't but that's genuine and heartfelt honestly you, you would crush my soul if I had to choose between those or even the both combined I wonder could you do that is that possible uh, I, I haven't let's not but I couldn't live without either put it that way well chili and chocolate you know we can do savory and chocolate it doesn't no work. no I'm not a chili no? chocolate fan no oh okay. hard no hard no interesting mm. right okay beach or rainforest beach Book or movie? Book. Yay. Mm. Right, this is a this is a good one. This may not even be, you might go, who? Megan and Harry or Will and Kate? Will and Kate. Yay. Without so doubt. Decided. Without right doubt. Oh yeah, without doubt. As if I would say who to that. Who who wouldn't know that? Well, I know you can't not know it. No, you moment, can't. Can you? Not anymore. Five star or off the grid? Five star. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation, without doubt. Yeah, I'm completely on board with that. Heels or flats? Oh, I'd like to say heels because that's the vision I have and I used to be a heels person, but the reality is I have kids, so my answer is flats. I hear you. Mm. Do you know what? I always used to pride myself on being able to go like a whole day in heels. Like at Me the too. Office. Me too. I just wouldn't. Me too. Absolutely. Now. And I oh, could walk forever in heels and all the different ones. Now, no. No, I actually get into a bad mood if my feet start hurting now. I have children, people. It changes you. Yeah. Life's too short for sore feet. Mm. Yes, it is. Instagram or LinkedIn? Ugh. 
Well, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. It's far more fun for me. I still find LinkedIn to be a little bit of the unknown. So I'm there, but I don't thrive there. I thrive on Instagram. Yeah. Look, mm. the rumour has it that LinkedIn is on its way up. It's becoming more social in Instagram mm. kind of terms. So we'll I'm see. watching that space. Yeah, I look forward to that. It's a bit stuffy at the moment, yeah, I feel. It mm. is a bit. Coffee or tea? Coffee. When? And your last question, reality TV or real crime documentary? Reality TV, never. So anything other than reality TV. You're not watching maths at the moment? No, I'm not. I'm not that person. And so many people in my networks love reality TV. That's not me. So I'd rather watch anything over that. So I'll take the real crime. Okay. Mm. Okay. Awesome. You're not a criminal lawyer. I would just say that. (laughs) I've been there, done that earlier in my, yeah, absolutely. Earlier in my career, I decided to save the world one criminal client at a time. And I honestly thought that's my mission on this earth was to change the world by practicing criminal law and helping the people that really needed it. I was wrong. I learned that very quickly, but um, that is where I started. I've done my fair share of not only your drink drives and your common assaults, but I've done the murder trials, the rapes, the, all of the things. Yeah, I've done, been there, done that. Lloyd, I did not know about you. Mm. That's fascinating. Yeah, I absolutely did. But I reached a point where I just couldn't hand on heart look at myself anymore in the mirror and right. go, this is what I do. I couldn't do it. Anything in that field where you see, I suppose, the worst of humankind yeah. would take its toll, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't say that I know anybody that hasn't experienced that. And now you work with fabulous business owners like me, Tracy. I do, I do, I do. I work with amazing business owners and this is my purpose on this earth is to support business owners doing the things that I do so they can do the things that they do. This is what lights me up. Yeah, and look, I can tell that because I do see you I always look on in awe at the kind of content that you create with such enthusiasm and you make it so accessible and I you know I think in anything when you're passionate about something it does shine through the law isn't always the most exciting thing in the world it's not but you do bring your flavor to it which is a very accessible kind of fun flavor oh bless thank you well I I do try because I've been on the tail end. I spent 12 years in litigation and dispute resolution, which is fabulous and sexy and fun when you're single and you have no life and you devote your entire existence to your work because that's what it took to be good at it. But all I did for 12 years was, was act for clients involved in disputes, so either in court or arbitration or mediation, and most of them were business owners. And to be perfectly blunt, most of it was over money. And I realised most of what I saw here could have been avoided. It could have, there it is, right? And there, there it is. Therein lies the sort of central thing. I can be combative if I need to. I can be adversarial if I need to. It, it, I, I, sometimes I, I say to my husband, someone's come to ask me for help and yes, and I'm, I'm setting up this really great strategy to help them um, get out of this god-awful mess that they've got themselves into. But you know what? If this, if this doesn't resolve and if we go to court, I'm okay with that because sometimes I feel like the fight and particularly when you feel like someone's been wronged, it's still yeah. there, but it's not a burning desire I have. And I would much rather support my clients to stay as far away from that space as they possibly can because no good can come of that from a client's perspective in the sense of the toll it takes on you emotionally and physically the financial cost and the time and so now being able to say to my clients this is what you need to do to protect yourself this is what we need to do to set you up for long-term sustainable success so that you never need to call me or someone like me 
when something goes horribly wrong, when we're talking about insolvency, value, um, we're talking about bankruptcies, we're talking about debt claims, we're talking about allegations that you didn't discharge your duties. Stay away from that. Let's let's beautifully position you now in a lovely, sustainable, empowering way so you don't ever have to be exposed to that because I want to protect you from that. I want to shield you from that. That's That's my driver. That's why I do what I do. That's it in a nutshell in many ways because I think very often we think of legal as that adversarial outcome you know, that's what it's all about you know as soon as you start talking legals it all it starts well it's an argument it's it's a conflict whereas actually what you've described is much more about it being a protection and actually being a real positive and setting you up and we've reduced your chances of ever getting there everybody recognizes the phrase prevention is better than cure yeah. and so I use it in my messaging because it's something that people can relate to and that's what I'm doing prevention yeah. is better than the cure we may I can't guarantee I can't no one can make guarantees in life I can't guarantee you that you won't come across somebody who chooses to do the wrong thing by you but what I can guarantee you is that you'll be, you'll be positioned well and that you are significantly reducing your chances of getting caught up in what it is I'm trying to protect you from yeah so is that because I wanted to ask you because in when I introduced you one of the phrases that I used was that you are an unconventional business lawyer that for you it is much more about that positioning yourself well looking after yourself about prevention what do you mean when you say that unconventional most when you hear the word lawyer and most listeners will go okay and they'll be thinking about it now you think ugh, ugh, boring dull dry unaccessible complicated ego driven arrogant all the things and I'm none of that and I love that and I didn't realize just how far away I was from that until I started this business and then the people that were being magnetized to me and gravitating to me because I was in the profession for so long before I started this business and you just see it all the time and so it's just the norm. My first or second boss had said to me, don't settle your cases because we make more money if they go to court. That's your traditional lawyer. Um Six-minute increments billing and in one of my performance reviews, I don't care how happy your clients are. This is the profit and loss. This is where you're sitting. You're not billing enough. Well, have you spoken to my clients because they're all really, really happy? Don't, don't much care about that were his exact words. I'll never forget it. That's your traditional lawyer. Six-minute increments, billing for every time they pick up the phone, billing for every time they respond to an email, printing you out a 42-page contract and saying, here you go, run with that. There's no... Um, intention or desire to sit down and mould these beautiful agreements into versions of you and extensions of your business. So when I say unconventional, I mean none of that. I think there's so much in business where, you know, the, the narrative now is it should be an extension of you. It should be part of you. It should be a reflection of your values and your brand. And, you know, that reflects in a lot of parts of business, but perhaps legal is one of the parts where it is the least reflective. So I love hearing that, that mm. your legals can embrace you and your purpose and your brand and your values as much as any other part of your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I'm on a mission to, to spread that loud and far so that people realize that. I find people fall into error when they either don't have their legals. So that's just, oh gosh, that makes my heart skip a beat when I hear that. Or they've used a template that they think, oh, okay, I don't really matter. I don't, I don't really want to prioritise it. It's not that important. I'll just buy a template. Public service announcements, they don't work. 
even the lawyer drafted templates, they don't do what they need to do because every business is different and you don't know what you don't know. So unless you're a lawyer and you're buying a template for your own business, which why would you, doesn't make sense. Not Neither does buying templates make any sense. And then not extensions of your business. And that's where we end up with legals not being an extension of your business because you've gone to a traditional lawyer at a law firm who wants to charge way too much money to print you out a 42-page document that no one can understand and you don't know how to use. Or you've bought a template that you don't know how to use and you don't know if it does what it does and you're kind of hoping for the best because you didn't really want to prioritise it. Both of them leave you just as exposed. You may as well have nothing. That's, that's the truth. And look, I did want to talk about templates because I do see a lot of people who are also coaches to creatives or work with creatives in different fields providing those templates. And I often wonder to myself, where did that template originate? Because they're not the legal person so they didn't write the template I hope because I also feel like when you're whoever creates your legal documents they're sort of saying I'm willing to stand behind these documents for you as well yes yes I feel like that's a part of it yes so what is the situation there when you've got people who are sort of maybe the middleman they might be the coach or the service provider in a different field who are the ones providing the template the thing they don't realize and and people do this with pure good intentions Mm. They're doing it from an, from a place of lack because they don't understand. But what they don't understand the importance of the legal documents for the framework, and I'll talk about why in a moment. But what they also don't understand is they're exposing themselves to risk because the person they're giving them to is relying on their expertise. What they're saying by handing out templates is, I know these do what they need to do. You should go and use it. That is fraught with danger. Because if something goes wrong and the person on the receiving end ends up in a pickle because they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and nine times out of 10, they don't do what they're supposed to do because people don't know how to use them and every business is different, that coach or person who's given out the templates can be in hot water. They don't realise it yet. They've never thought about it. So it's coming from a place of lack. It's coming from a place of exposure. And in my view, it lacks professionalism. So if somebody was to say to me, I'm a business coach and I'd like to give you these templates, Really what you're saying to me is I'm a business coach and I don't understand, therefore I'm giving you these. So it's screaming alarm bells when people do that. They have no business providing templates and legal documents because you're not a a lawyer and you haven't drafted them for the person and you don't realise the risk. I've seen what goes wrong when documents fall short. I've seen it. You know, it's a double risk. It's a risk to the business on the receiving end, but something I hadn't even considered is how much of a risk that is to the person Mm. backing the template and going, this template's good. You can use this in your business. Exactly. Exactly. Every business is different. So in small business, you have a risk mitigation strategy and your risk mitigation strategy for your business, yours and mine and every other business client that we work with, it comprises your business structure, your insurance and your legal documents. They are the foundations of building your business. If you don't have budget to get your business structure right, to get your insurance in place and to get your legal documents in place, my view is with love, you're running a hobby, not a business. If you don't have budget for that, you are seriously leaving yourself exposed. That includes your personal assets. That includes your future earning capacity. It includes you're compromising what you're building. So it lacks, it lacks foundation and integrity. Your risk mitigation strategy needs to be addressed. Business structure, insurance and legal documents. But I think there is a little bit of 
this narrative around you should be able to set up a business for free. You should be able to go and get a free website and a free domain name and you can just do it on Instagram. Maybe you don't even need a website, you know, and I think there is a little bit of that that feeds into this idea of I should be able to have a business without spending any money. I think that's so misleading and so unfair to people because some people don't know. And so what I'm sharing with you, Becky, it's not criticism, it's observation. So I, there is no judgment to anybody who's listening to this and to clients who come my way. And it happens all the time where they come along and say, either I don't have anything or I've got this, I cobbled it together from a few different things or someone gave me theirs and I've just changed a few bits and pieces. We do the best we can at the time with the information we have. When we're receiving these misleading messages around setting up a business for free and everything should be free and you'll be right and just do it, I think it's unfair, grossly unfair, but it's leaving you at such high risk. It's not even, it's not even funny. It actually, I find it quite frightening that the risk people can leave themselves exposed to just because of misleading messaging like that. Yeah, look, I completely agree. The hobby analogy is a really good one. If you are in a hobby mindset, you don't perhaps take it as seriously, but it gets serious. The minute that you exchange services for money from another business owner or from an individual, you know, that's essentially a contractual arrangement. Well, at that point that you're talking about, at that moment, you fall under the umbrella of the Australian consumer law and whether you know it or not, you have legal obligations, whether you like it or not. So the moment you start selling services in exchange for money, you've triggered the Australian consumer law. It applies to you. So the Australian consumer law is that thing that most people think, oh, yeah, if I buy a toaster from Harvey Norman and it's faulty, they have to give me a new one. And, yes, that's right. But as a service provider, it applies to us too. And even if you don't know, that's not a defence. Ignorance is not a defence. Yeah know now from from listening that the moment you start doing that you've got obligations under the consumer law now if you fail to meet your obligations under the consumer law you don't have a leg to stand on when someone comes back to you and says I want my money back when someone comes back to you and says I should have gone somewhere else I've now lost opportunity I now haven't made profit I'm suing you for this much money like your, your exposure is how long is a piece of string the whole point is of the consumer law is to protect consumers And as a business owner, not only do you want to have your legal documents in place properly to protect you for your risk mitigation strategy, they need to be in place properly, tailored properly for you to meet your obligations under the consumer law. And you're wanting to build a sustainable business, aren't you? So you want to make good impressions with your clients. You want your client user experience to be stellar from the first documentation, whether it's a proposal or a quote to your client service agreement or your T's and C's and your invoicing and beautiful services and then offboarding. And your documents play a vital role. They're they're a consistent thread through all of that. So not only does it protect you, but it sets you up for long-term success with your clients because you're managing their expectations and you're giving them a really good experience. Yeah, look, it's such a good point. And I think to look at legals as a part of process and a part of way of doing business is about creating a great experience. Everybody knows where they stand. Everybody knows what they're getting. Mm -hmm. Nobody's exposed unnecessarily. On that note, in your experience, what are the areas that designers typically leave themselves a little bit vulnerable when it comes to their legals? Scope creep. Absolutely the first. First and foremost, without doubt, hands down, scope creep. So the documents aren't clear to manage client expectations of what's included. Creatives make assumptions. They assume that when they say something, it means something. 
and it probably does to them, but to people who aren't creatives and perhaps it's their first experience or, or they're not versed in the creative space, it means something else. So that means that once we get a little bit further down the line and, and work's been done, the going back and forth, you're not managing expectations and people want more because they think it's included. They don't know. So it's that scope creep dovetailing into managing expectations. And then you want happy clients at the end of the project so that you can build a sustainable business and you want that positive feedback and word of mouth. And that's how you grow and you pride yourself on it as a creative. But when someone's expectations aren't managed, dissatisfaction, clients left feeling like they haven't been serviced well or they feel like they've been dudded. Yeah. You have done what you intended, but it was different to what they understood. And that's because it's not clearly outlined in your documentation. Yeah. And from an intention point of view, it's no one's fault. You know, everybody, no. thinks, everyone goes into it really mm. excited about the project and wanting to do the right thing. Everybody wants to do the right thing. There's no intent in it, but very often it just comes out of either lack of or loose communication mm. that doesn't get into the detail. And you're right. Assumptions are a big part of it because when you're in an industry where you understand, you know, of course that's what's included in a brand project. Of course that's not what's not included. It seems obvious, but it's not obvious to a client necessarily. And that's not the client's fault. No, it's not, but it's not, it's, it's not the client's fault. The business owner has an obligation if they want to build a sustainable business and have long-term sustainable, positive relationships with clients to manage expectations. And you do that from the very first point of documentation. The very first point, and in most creative businesses, it's proposals. Proposals, then followed by, depending on the system and process, again, every business is different, um, quote or T's and C's or client service agreement, then deposit invoices, and then, depending on the stages or how you're invoicing, consistent invoices meeting certain deliverables. So it's the business owner's responsibility to make sure that they're guiding a client through the journey and you do that through your documentation and we're not talking criminal trials so intentions are relevant doesn't matter what you set out to do the fact is you've got somebody who doesn't understand and you you manage that through your documentation so if you're having a situation you've, you've got a situation with the client and they say look I really don't like this actually I want you to go back and start again and you say holy moly we are way too far down the line for that the client why I, what do you mean I don't like it but you should have told me back then, well, I didn't know it was going to look like this. No one's in the wrong here. But if you have documentation which says, look, actually, yes, I can, but you're going to have to pay because here it is, it's crystal clear, you get two rounds of revisions, then we move on to the next stage. And if you want to go back, it's going to cost extra. Here it is where I say if we do extra revisions or if we change the scope or the brief, we're going to have to invoice you. And the client says, oh, of course, yeah, no problem. Managing those expectations. They know they're going to get invoiced. That's okay. Or at least they're better understanding the stages. And that's yeah. that's how we manage the journey. It just takes the emotion out of it, doesn't it, a little bit? It does. It does because it's a really handy tool. Your documents are a really handy tool to be able to manage those potentially awkward or tricky conversations. And I was about to say the third thing that I see most often with my creative clients is not getting paid, either because they've thought they're going to do the right thing by the client and not invoice until the end or they just got so caught up in their process they didn't issue those invoices along the way whatever it might be, that's the third biggest pain point that I see for creatives is just that lack of cash flow and not getting paid in a timely manner. And again, that can be circumvented with your documents and really solid systems and processes. Yeah. And what about the other one for me is protection of IP. And I'll just give you an example from my perspective in that through a creative process, often you'll present options. 
And I always say that you only own the IP to the one option that is approved and is commercialized that you use in a commercial context. You don't own all the other concepts that I presented to you. You can't then go and have another business in the future and go, oh, I'll use that other logo that Becky presented to me, or, oh, I'll bank that one and I'll use that name for a course that I do. Or even worse, I'll pass that this name onto a friend and they can have yeah. it for their business for free. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And that's risk, isn't it? So we mitigate that risk through our documents and we make it very clear to people what intellectual property is owned by the business owner, what intellectual property passes to the client upon full payment and completion, and what they're not getting and what's excluded. We do all that in the documents so that if that awkward situation comes up where they say, hey, Becky, thanks for that. I'm just going to go down here and launch my course and I'm using that one. You can say, I'm sorry, David, you can't do that. Um, Oh, yes, I can. Can't. No, no. Go back through your documents. Here it is. It goes, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Can we have a conversation? Can I pay you? That's when you have those conversations. And because it was all there, whether they read it or not, it's irrelevant. Some people say to me, oh, I don't want documents because people don't read them. They do read them. Um, but secondly, even if they don't, that's not the test. It's not the test. It's not your responsibility to sit down and make sure that they read them. Your responsibility is to give it to them in a particular way, in a particular time under the consumer law. And then it's up to the person, it's up to the client to read it and, and follow it and understand it. And if they don't and they find themselves caught out and they're pointed to it, well, it's a bit embarrassing for them because they hadn't read it, but it's there in black and white and that's what it is. And okay, let's move forward. Yeah. And look in that, you made a very important point, which is a sort of le recent learning for me is that yes, having the documents is super important, but it's not just about having the documents. It's about at what point in the process you share them with the client and in what mm -hmm. context and what kind of acknowledgement or agreement you then get from the client. So yeah. just touch on what, what that is in terms of a timing thing. In simple terms, you have to give a client your terms and conditions for them to consider before they decide to engage you. You must. Now, whether you do that in the form of a proposal with some accompanying terms and conditions or whether you do that in the form of an agreement with a schedule listing all the specifications which they need to sign there's different ways to do it but the key is they must be provided with them before they decide to engage with you so most certainly before they receive a deposit invoice or request for payment before they make a payment you cannot I can't say this clearly enough it happens too often you cannot issue a client an invoice to get them to lock in their date and then give them your agreement. It is not binding. Even if they sign it, the reality is if you get into a sticking point, you're not protected. That document will be set aside. It will not be enforceable because you didn't give it to them so that they had an opportunity to decide before they engaged you whether or not they agreed to them. And it's not a, it's not a defence then to say or, or an out to say, oh, well, they could have cancelled later and I would have given them their, their deposit back. The, the consumer law doesn't work like that. So you've got to get that timing right. And it's not complicated once you get your head around it and you have a conversation with someone like me or, or your own business lawyer who, who's across this stuff, how your business works. Understand how you work. Understand your processes. Sometimes they need to be tweaked. Sometimes we just need to design documents that fit in with the process and make sure that everything's working the way that it should from a legal perspective and it can still remain consistent with your existing processes and systems. Just depends. Sometimes we need to do little tweaks. Sometimes I work with clients and say, well, if we just tweak this and if you just do that, it's always positive though. I'm not about making things more onerous or admin heavy for clients, quite to the contrary, but we need to get it right. Otherwise you as the business owner are exposed.
obviously everybody's steps are different, but I would say that it would be not uncommon for a terms and conditions to go out with an initial deposit invoice, for yeah, example. That, and that that's would right. seem like you're doing exactly the right thing. You, it would be very hard to know that you're not, you know, I'm, no one's paid anything, nothing's been started, mm. I'm showing my ter- terms and conditions, but actually, unwittingly, that leaves you quite exposed. It does. It does. You've got to, it. There's nuances for every business because every business is different. You've got to get it right for you. It's not one size fits all. That's why templates don't work. Fine. <laughs> That's why DIYs for Bunnings, not for illegals. So I stay away from it. <laughs> that is quite possibly my favorite phrase that you've ever said, Tracy, because I think it just hits the nail on the head. It does. I came up with it one day. I think I was doing my teeth or something. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's it. That's 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 what it is. And I've just run with it since then because it makes sense. It's really yeah. crystal clear. Or in my opinion, DIY is for never. <laughs> well, yes, that yes. I will repeat, this is definitely not about a, you know, putting the wind up everybody around their legals. It only gets scary when they're not in place and something happens. When it is in place, it's one less and very big thing to worry about you know you can just get on with all the other stuff that you are great at knowing that that box is ticked and hopefully you will never need to lean on it I would suspect that few creatives would go through their entire career not having at some point to lean on some kind of terms and conditions or remind a client of scope or do something just to either gently tap Mm. or sometimes quite firmly tap the client back into what's agreed that's that's right and I don't think many business owners would go through their career without having that so there's that element to it but there's that peace of mind element and you know that sinking stomach feeling you get when you've got to deal with something that you don't like or something frightens you or find you something off puts you off and you just go oh just that oh I don't want to deal with it I want to get rid of that so you're right Becky this is not about putting the wind up people and scaring people not by a long shot this is about educating and empowering and delivering confidence because that's the feeling that I leave my clients with once we're finished working on something together. Um, It is peace of mind, no more sinking stomach feeling, no more dread and confidence. And you can be really proud of the documents that you're sending out because they've got so many purposes now. The protection, the peace of mind, but the stellar impression you're giving your clients, the really positive experience. You're a professional and you are demonstrating that not only in your work and the way you conduct yourself, but in your documents. Yeah. So on that then, broadly speaking, what do you think is the baseline for what we should have in our business? Yeah, great question. And it's really simple. There is a a core trio of documents that you as a service-based business needs, and that is your client service agreement or your business T's and C's in conjunction with your proposal, however you like to do it, but it's your client agreement, your client terms, your website terms and conditions and your privacy policy. Now, privacy policy is a no-brainer with all of the cyber issues going on and people getting really nervous about engaging with people who don't have one. There is privacy legislation. There are principles that we need to comply with. We are building trust and credibility with people when they land on our website to check us out. If people scroll to the bottom and you don't have a privacy policy, you're either saying to that person, I'm not a professional, or you're saying to that person, I don't know about it, which by extension, I would suppose, gives the same impression that you're not professional. So there's there's that when we're building trust and credibility. Your website terms and conditions, again, no templates here because depending on what you're doing on the website, depends on what you need in your website T's and C's. You want to be protected. You want to protect your copyright. People can't screenshot your things. If you've got a freebie download, you can't be sued. Like there's a ton of things 
that those website T's and C's do to protect your business and to give consumers that confidence and trust that you're a business person that they want to be engaging with. So they're the core three documents. So in your business, if you have those and you never have anything else, you are doing well. Right. You are doing well. This is not a, oh, my gosh, once I start, I'll never stop. No, no. <laughs> so a not at all. Legal documents. <laughs> no, not at all. Those three documents will protect you. Those documents will meet your legal obligations under the consumer law and privacy legislation, depending on the nature of your business. If you've got team members, of course, employment agreements and contractor agreements, absolute no-brainer must have. But those are the ones that you need. And once you do it once, you don't have to do it again. Yeah. You check in once a year on my website. I've got a, a checklist. It's free, the annual legal checklist. Cast your eye over that once a year. Tick it off. Yep, fantastic. Nothing to change. I'm away for the next year. But just make sure it's current and up to date. My view is beginning of the calendar year or the beginning of the financial year is a great time just to sit down, carve out some time, check it over. Have your packages changed, your pricing? Do you now have a different refund policy or whatever it might be? Make sure they're up to date, but you don't need to do it again. You make a good point as well about the website terms versus your client terms, because I think sometimes they get a bit mixed up. Correct. So they're two very different yeah. things. Over on the resources page on my website, I've, there's a ton of resources there. We, we publish on there all the time. Um, there's some resources there going through the differences. So what they are, why they're different. And there's actually one on that point, why they're different. But you'll think of it as your business T's and C's, uh, what you engage your clients with. They're the rules between you and your client, your website T's and C's, that's the rules for anybody landing on your website. So whether you've got shops, freebie downloads, courses, memberships, or just these are my services, contact us page, whatever it might be, the way people interact with you and that content on the website is entirely separate altogether to how you engage with your clients to provide your services. Yeah, that's an important distinction, I think. Let's say we've all been good little creatives and we've done all our legal documents and it, or, there it all is. We're well protected and we do get into that situation where the client is, for whatever reason, outside of the terms, maybe they're not willing to pay or mm -hmm. they've done something that they shouldn't have done with the IP, with your IP. What's the first step? Is it that you've got to get on the phone to your lawyer and get a highly charged email sent what's the first thing you should do when that happens you do not need to get on the phone to your lawyer and get a highly charged anything sent shame on lawyers who do that no shame on lawyers who do that because there's more than one way to skin a cat and being combative at the outset it really serves the client the very first thing you do is you go back to your document and p.s even if you did ring your lawyer the first thing they're going to say is send me your client agreement or send me your terms. So the very first thing you do if you are in a tricky situation is you pull out your proponent and your client service agreement or your T's and C's, whatever it is that you're using to govern your relationship with your clients, you pull it out and you go straight to the part that deals with the issue you're having so that you can pick up the phone to your client or send a lovely email. This is the position This is and to resolve it. So here it is. You need to do this. Ideally then, we could everybody can be adults and you can have a conversation and, and nut out a way forward. If you exhaust that, then you can get your lawyer on board. So my clients rarely work with me as a one-off. That's the truth. I'm all, I'm an extension of the business after we've worked together on there. So whether it's six months or 12 months or whatever it might be, I'm, it's, I'm a phone call away. What do I do here? Have the conversation. And that's where you put a strategy together. You will, from that point, work with your lawyer to put a strategy together 
So you know the options, you know next steps, you know what you want to achieve. It doesn't need to cost an arm and a leg and nor should it put a strategy together. You might need to get combative over something. It might be so serious that you actually have to go through that adversarial process. Well, so be it. You've got solid foundations, your documents are in place, you're in a good position and you can. Or it might be that you need to go to mediation or it might be that both parties have now got lawyers and they need to resolve it. Whatever it might be, if you've got your solid legal documents in place, you are very well positioned to navigate whatever those tricky situations look like for you. Yeah. Look, I think that's a great message because ultimately adversarial situations are not good for people generally. What we want is a calm, fairly friendly resolution if we can get there. So I think that's such a good message to start there, politely worded email that just lays out the facts. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to get emotionally charged either because very often a client may just have forgotten or missed it or when they're called out, they go, oh, okay, yeah, sorry about that. So starting there I think is a really great point. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no need to inflame a situation that when it's not necessary, there's just no need. Yeah. Amazing. Tracy, I have to say, honestly and genuinely, even having this conversation with you, I feel quite empowered about around my legal. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> I feel like it's potentially a subject that is a little bit scary and feels like it's going to be a really big undertaking for your business. It's certainly not a small undertaking, but it's important. Yes, it's a cost to your business to get it done right, but the cost to your business of not having it is potentially far, far greater. Look, without doubt, and simply put, you can't afford not to. It is much, I'll just be really blunt, it is far less expensive for me to work with you now to set you up with what you need to protect you than it is for me to help you out later when you don't have anything in place. Times by 10. Yeah. Honestly, it just, the moment you don't have something in place, it takes more time, it takes more money, more energy, more uncertainty. You just, you just quite simply, you just can't afford not to in business. Yeah. Yeah. Words of wisdom. If you do want to check out Tracy, if you want to go and listen to her fabulous podcast or go and follow her on Instagram because she shares so much amazing content, then you'll find all her details in the show notes for this episode. Tracy, thank you so much. You have shared so generously today. Oh, Becky, my pleasure. I honestly love to do this and have these conversations to get the message out to even more business owners that you need to have the legal protection. You can't afford not to, and it doesn't need to be scary. So thank you so much for sharing your platform with me and for having this conversation with me. Oh, amazing. Thank you, my love. I will, I'm sure, chat to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.